This is a Props.com production. The Bostonian is Matt Perrault. This is our f- city. The book is Dave Sherapan. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Together, they are the Bostonian versus the book. You covered! You covered 12! I covered! Follow the show on Twitter at Boston versus the book. How do you like them, Matt? Bringing you the best insight on sports betting news, Matt and Dave's daily picks, and an entertaining and unfiltered dive into the sports betting industry. Here's Dave Sherapan and Matt Peralt. And here we go. What's up, guys? How are you? Welcome into the inaugural broadcast, the inaugural show for the Bostonian versus the book. My name is Matt Peralta, alongside Dave Sherapan. We are here broadcasting a show that we have been talking about for over a year. Dave, we're finally live, my friend. Let's go. Unbelievable, right? So every day I'm going to hear this music and it's going to go, here we go. And I'm ready to go. Like, I am so fired up. I've been walking around the house all morning last night, just playing the intro, saying, me and P. Rall are actually doing the show. And you know the the kids now, and they're like, yes, so what? I'm like, you don't understand. You didn't, you, like, I walked into the studio at the Palms when you said you needed a guy, and we started talking. And we've been talking about doing this for a long time. And people were like, are you sure? Yeah. I'm sure. Yes. How do you know? I don't know, but I know that I'm want to do it. And then we're here. So we're live. We, we we got these graphics. We got this this logo. We got all kinds of stuff. We got football to talk about. I mean, this is this is great. This is just so great. just just so you guys know, this is what we're calling a soft launch. Okay. So like yeah, we're gonna have a lot more things to come in the coming weeks. We wanted to get up and started before the holidays get going. You know, like we talked about, Dave and I were mentioning, we've talked about this show for a long time. When do we start it? How do we start it? So we thought, okay, let's just come out. This will be a slow burn. I don't fully i think we're live on youtube i think we're on the props youtube channel but like it's kept me up for two days whether we're actually live on the props youtube so if someone is watching on youtube please drop me a note and let me know because i'm not positive we're live on youtube but we will get you gotta get your sleep you can't Uh, be staying up late at night like you signed (laughs) for a fight you're gonna box and get hit back we gotta start the road work early like this is this is i'm not kidding around we're gonna meet up (laughs) I need to start running like we 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 got things to do so yes yes, we're gonna this is a soft launch slow burn all them things you're saying you gotta get your sleep because i can't have it get hit too many times in that fight now that we're here and we'll talk about the fight here people are like what are you talking about we'll talk about the fight here in a second but this show will be for one hour every day from one until two eastern time then the podcast will come out immediately following the show audio wise so the goal is 2 30 uh, on the east coast east coast time 11 30 pacific to be up on apple and spotify and literally on 10 different audio platforms the video will come out soon afterwards we'll process that it'll be up on youtube as well so we know the vast majority of you are probably listening to this podcast after we tape it but we want it out as soon as possible so you guys can have actionable information when we're talking about lines talking about movement talking about picks and plays you guys can have as much as possible right there at your disposal so just kind of mark that down that every day at 2 30 this thing basically eastern time will drop audio wise video will be coming out soon afterwards but we're live from one to two we'll have a variety of different ways of watching this it's going to grow over the next couple of weeks but it's been 
It's been a lot of work to get to this place. Just to be here and be live and be up is super exciting and really something that is an accomplishment in itself. So Dave, let's go right to our first topic of the day here. And we're calling these things openers. And this is where we're going to be talking about everything happening every day right out of the gate. And the first has to be what happened yesterday with NFL favorites going 11 and 2, 9, 3 and 1 to the over. It's the worst week for the books of the football year. We knew this pretty much like at halftime of the early games, right? <laughs> because those scores, it was 21 nothing, 18 nothing, 17 nothing. Like, it was you could see it from a book side. You saw that tsunami coming, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, and I tweeted about it. You were tweeting about it like that's part of the fun now of watching the games, not in a risk room. In I used to do this in a risk room, too. And, you know, the boys that are known, they know you, you know, it's fun to watch the games on social media because there's people watching it with you. Um, you saw the way the games were going. And then you saw the way the games were going to go in the afternoon session out West in Vegas. We call it the morning session, the afternoon session, then the night game. So the morning session games are not going well. The favorites are all winning and the games are just not competitive. And you're like, Oh boy, now what Um, we need, we're going to need the bills. We're going to need the lions. And um, what was the other game? We're going to need the Giants, the Lions, Giants and Bears or Bills. Oh, my. That was. And then (laughs) the Bears at night. I used to say that all the time from the Wizard of Oz. That's the three team parlay we need. We're in big trouble. Reason number seventy eight thousand five hundred ninety two. Why I was glad I wasn't in a risk room yesterday was that type of day. Favorites. It just rolls and rolls and rolls. And then you get to that night game and you're like. Oh, we need the Bears. And the Bears gave you that false hope. They're up 10 nothing. They're running punts back. They lose by 15. It was, I mean, like, uh, yeah. I don't have any sip. No one has any sympathy for the book. Purdom, David Purdom, good friend of mine, gave me a line that I use all the time. There's more sympathy for the devil than the bookmaker. <laughs> I mean, it's true. So there ain't nobody giving anybody no crying and Kleenex boxes for to books today. But man, it's just it's it's an ugly day. It hurts to sit there and just go. Well, we're losing this. We're losing this. We're losing this. We need the Bears for a million. We're losing that too. It really is funny the way that sports gambling operates in terms of the ebbs and flows and how everything kind of balances it out. People don't really understand this. Oftentimes, when they get a bad beat, they're like, "Man, that sucked. I'm so mad about it." But let's just look at what happened for me, for instance. The Cowboys and the Patriots go to overtime. I have the Patriots at plus three, plus three and a half in that game. The Cowboys kick a field goal. The Cowboys are going to win that game. What happens? CD Lamb goes on a uh, on a seven route, gets hit yeah. by Dak Prescott. Touchdown scores. Cowboys cover, right? I'm crying. I'm like, oh my gosh, what a bad beat. Yesterday, game goes to overtime. I'm sitting on the Bucks minus three. Three-point <laughs> kick goes through. What happens? You get a nice little you know, crossing route. Brady hits the dude. I think it was, uh, I forget who he hit. Uh, Perriman, his only Herman. catch of the of the game. <laughs> Where was the Buffalo guys? There was well, nobody there. Yeah. I mean, they blitzed and, they, and, and Brady got the crossing route and hit him and it was down the sidelines. Touchdown game over. So like it is funny how it balances out. Now you could yeah. say, Matt, you lost the juice on that. Yes, that's true. I one and one is not great. The bookmaker makes money when we go one and one. But still, it does even out because I really had no business cashing that after the Bucks collapsed. And I can only imagine what the books must have been like going, OK, come on, Buffalo, man. You just got to you just got to <laughs> get this field goal in. We got a bunch of money at three and a half. Like, we'll be good. We'll push on the three. We'll get the three and a half. It'll be a, a winner for us. 
And then, man, when that have you ever had that where you're watching a guy run down the sidelines? You're like, give me a break. We're going to lose this one, too. Oh, oh, I've been both in the book (laughs) as the roar happens. We've talked about it on the show. I'll never forget when the Broncos were playing the Steelers in the same similar type of route, actually from from DT, who's unfortunate passing this weekend. I thought about this whole thing when he caught that crossing route and the Steelers were going to blow the game. In the roar in the book, I thought I wasn't in a book yesterday, but that Tampa roar had to be deafening. And you're on the other side in the risk group when you're in a book. Um, you're just like, I'm not going out there. I'm not going out there. Like you, you just know you're like, ah. And I was the guy that used to go out and high five people, like, hey, nice hit, way to go, congratulations. Cause you know they're gonna bet it again. Right. Through the years, you just kind of like even out. You become yeah. that just kind of like, you know, it, it, it happens. Like you said, you win this one, you lose this one. Remember that one. And you kind of just like enjoy the excitement of the people betting and not so much. I, I never took it personal. Some guys do it for 20 years and they're still mad on Tuesday after a week like this. Absolutely. Look, I, 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 I'm not a overly religious person, but the fact you mentioned the passing of Demarius Thomas, the fact that the cow, that the Broncos final touchdown drive was 88 yards when they started the game with 10 players and took the delay of game, which was declined by the lions because they wanted to leave his ex receiver spot open for the first play. And on the last touchdown drive, it's 88 yards. That's, that's one of those like, Whoa, it's, it's yeah, and and it hits you like, and that's what as we get older, it becomes more than about the wins and the losses, right? Like, I mean, yeah. the, and the betting stuff is fun, and that's what gave us the forum and the platform to do this show. But like, that's the kind of stuff we're going to talk about, like that. Like, there's going to be stories that come up that have more than you know, who do you like in this game or what happened in this game. It was it was an incredible scene. It was, you know, and it was one of those ones where like you're in the book and yeah, you're taking bets and stuff, but you're like, man, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, really cool. Speaking of cool, I want to share a screen here. If you're watching or listening on this, you won't be able to to, to see what I'm going to put up here. But I I, I need Dave's reaction of of this dude. This this happened last (laughs) night during during the Monday Night Football game. They they found a dude in the stands who looked Amazing. identical to Aaron Rodgers. Amazing. This dude's a star, right? Like this guy, now that they found him, <sighs> I mean, Jen Sturger back in the day was found by Brett Musburger. Yeah. And she had a, she had a, she still does have a huge career actor, comedian. Yeah. She, she's still a household name from that. What yeah. that happened when every red, red blood American male is now enrolling at Florida state. Yeah. When Jen Sturger was on the screen with Brett Musburger. Yes. What happens with this guy? Like sitcom ad campaign, uh, Rogers rate with state farm. Like what happens to this guy? Oh, discount double check. I mean, there's no question. He's doing (laughs) something with them. I mean, my first thought was the Spider-Man meme where, where you see them doing the things back and forth. Like he can do the discount double check and then he can do the discount double check and he can do the finger point. He can do the finger point. It's classic. And they don't have to do anything. The guys look exactly the same. I think it's, 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 it, there's so many things that when you just see it, you're just like, Oh, that's right. That is going to be right. No question. 
It's crazy because their profile pictures, how they got Aaron looking to the left and the guy looking to the left, their profiles are the same. Like it's, aside from the beard and the beanie, <laughs> like their profiles are the same. Like this is the same dude. Like how did that – it was the craziest thing watching that game last night in Green Bay going, of all the thousands of people <sighs> in the stand, how did that cameraman find that one dude that looked identical to, to Aaron Rodgers? You know the invaluable – skills of a good camera person of a good producer i mean you know we used to do this stuff like i i scour the the crowd looking for an aaron Rodgers lookalike hold on take camera six take camera six this guy got one i'm telling you i got one turn it on you're like oh my god get that run get that one on right now go live with that tell al and chris we're coming you know his his exact twin amazing work by that guy Seriously, I can't wait. He's a star. I mean, I absolutely that that guy just for being in the stands and looking like he looks that guy is going to get money thrown at him for just dumb reasons. If, yep. if nothing less, it's just going to be a Milwaukee car dealership. We'll go ahead and sign the guy. Whatever. Yeah, it would be yeah. something, but it'd probably be bigger, probably regional, probably national. That guy probably goes to the Super Bowl. He's probably going to be doing the rounds for some <laughs> brand at Radio Row, walking around saying, I'm Aaron Rodgers 2.0 and having to do like the discount double check and the whole like oh, belt thing. And like, yeah. it's going to be just because he went to the game to go oh. watch the Bears and the Packers. Right place, right time. The world is a crazy place. It really, crazy. really is. Crazy. All right, let's talk tonight. Monday Night Football, Cardinals and the Rams here tonight. Sean McVay, 4-0 straight up, 4-0 against the spread at Arizona. I'm going to hold my pick till we get to bet it or book it later in the show. But what do you make of the two-and-a-half-point line here, Dave? Because it was three for like a millisecond. And when it gets to three, that's the friction point where we're seeing Rams money come in. Yeah. That's a book. You, you don't want to go to three until you have to, because then getting off of the three is just it's it, it, it requires not an uh, an act of Congress, but it really requires a lot of something to go back off of three because the games in the NFL fall on three the most of all the numbers. So you go two and a half. I've seen now this two and a half juice where it's either two and a half late 20 or two and a half even money. That's something new. Um, recent development in the last couple of years, but makes sense. I'm wearing the Arizona stuff for a reason. Uh, I don't got no Cardinal stuff, but <laughs> I like the Diamondback stuff. So that's a little surprise there. That's why I'm wearing it. That's the side I'm going to like. So when you tell me you like the Rams, we might have uh, something on our hands at the end of the show, because I think I know where you're going tonight with the game. We'll hold, we'll hold. No, no, no spoilers. But what do you make of the Kyler Murray MVP conversation? Because we talked to, you know, off the air, we we're having conversations about, about Belichick and the coach of the year versus Clev. And I think tonight really does. Like last night, or last Monday night, rather, I said, look, if Belichick wins this game on the road at Buffalo, his numbers are going to plummet. And I have a plus 350 ticket on Belichick to win coach of the year. It's now like plus 150 or, or even even money in certain books for Belichick to win coach of the year. Kingsbury wins this game here tonight. He wins the division. It's over. And the, he's won the West. He'll have an 11 and two mark, most likely the one seed coming up here. Kyler Murray has missed three games. He's gone two and one in the games in which Kyler Murray has not played so far this year. I mean, could you see coach MVP or Murray's MVP and Kingsbury's coach of the year? I would put Kingsbury more of a favorite to be coach of the year than I would Kyler Murray. Missing three games is too much for me um, to give him the MVP. Now, can he win it? Yes. 
I mean, guys can get hurt. There's still four weeks left. There's still a lot of time to win it. But if it ended right now, I don't think he wins it. And and I I wouldn't vote for him. Still not sure exactly who I would vote for, but he's definitely uh, down a notch. So, yeah, I don't I don't see it. But again, he wins tonight, and then they keep winning. They secure the number one seed. The narrative is going to be there. All the push is going to be there, and the odds are going to definitely drop as uh, as it continues. Where are you on Sean McVay, and are you? Still all in on McVay, or is the bloom off the rose here? Is the shine off the off off, off the Bentley, if you will, for for this dude and what he's done? Uh, I still like him. I still like the way he coaches. I don't know if Stafford's the answer, and I don't know if he knows if Stafford's the answer. Listen, when you're coaching, and you notice because I coach, and you haven't seen the show in person yet, but you will. I'm 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 Sean McVay. I'm that coach. I'm crazy all the time. I'm on the, you know, in the in the first base coaching box or in the third base coaching box, living and dying with every pitch. And when I'm very aware now of my motions or my facial expressions, because everybody's watching. And when I see him put his hands in his face like this or hide his face and and you know get angry, I can see his frustration. And I think that's what's coming through right now. And then they just make moves and throw OBJ in. Robert Woods gets hurt. Like, there's a lot of questions. It's not as smooth sailing as it was. And I think you find out a lot about a coach in an organization when you have a little bit of adversity. Look at what New England did. They had one season of adversity. Okay, now we got a little bit of adversity in the Rams situation. But tonight's a big game. It is, uh, but I'll, I'll push back a little bit on the difference between the Patriots and the Cardinals because, or the Rams rather, because what the Patriots did was they looked at the Brady contract situation and they understood what was about to happen. And they essentially tanked in 2020, yeah. knowing that fans weren't going to be there. Belichick told players, essentially, if you want to opt out for COVID, go ahead and opt out. So they lost nine players on their team from a COVID opt out. And then he was able to go ahead and reconstitute the team bring in new players, spend more than anybody else in the NFL because he had the cap space available after kind of getting rid of everybody from 2020 into 2021. The Rams keep on acquiring superstar <laughs> names and they keep on trading away their number one picks. Yeah. I mean, they don't pick in the first round, I think, until 2026 now. Yeah. So like they keep on saying we're going all in and going for the, the splash and the LA headline but it's not equating to wins. And I'm, I'm concerned that they just keep on kicking the can down the line. And we've seen it in baseball where eventually that bill comes due. And eventually the Rams are going to be in salary cap hell. And then I don't know what McVay does. Cause I don't know if you can handle that because you're going to have to go through a losing season or two to get back to where you want to get to given the moves they've made. If they win a ring, then fine. We'll all shut up, but they haven't won a ring yet. And I'm not sure they're going to. I'm not sure they're going to either. And that's exactly what's happening, right? They got that shiny new stadium. I mean, they're hosting the Super Bowl this year. They got a lot of things happening and they're doing it um, the L.A. way, which is a little bit different than, you know, teams like the Patriots where, you know, you don't always getting the biggest name or the biggest splashy signing it's get the guys who are showing up for work and buy into what you're doing. And once everybody buys in, you get 
the result like the Patriots have right now with that defense. Like everybody is clearly on the same page. Oh, yeah, we'll get the rookie quarterback we want. Let everybody talk up everybody else. They got the kid they wanted. And now we'll hand the ball off every play except three. When it's windy, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. I tell the kids that all the time, too. I'm not worried about what the other guys are doing. I'm worried about what we're doing. If we take care of ourselves, things are going to be okay. And if they're not, tip your hat to them. They beat you. That's fine. Mm. That's that. That's where we're at. We'll see what McVay's got. I, 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 it's too early to make any snap judgments. Like, oh, this guy's not a good of a coach. I hate coach bashing. We used to hear it in the book all the time. Like, there's a lot more work, and we don't know. I, I go back to that Jim Moore quote all the time. You think you know, you don't know, and you never will. Guys like you, you like to bash coaches. I'm not bashing nobody. I, 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 um, I mean, <laughs> I there are some that I know, like Anthony Lynn. I kind of know, like I, I, I kind of know. Yeah. In, in a late game That's situation, true. he's going to make the wrong call. Like I, I kind of know that Matt, that Matt Nagy doesn't really inspire a lot of like rah, rah, win one for the Gipper. So like there are some coaches that are just, I mean, I think Zach Taylor is over his head and has been over his head for years. I mean, the You're fact that really coach, on that guy. Oh, I, I mean, can't say, look, I covered him at Nebraska. Okay. So like, I have a whole issue that like one, he's younger than me Two, I thought he was kind of a boneheaded quarterback at Nebraska when he was the quarterback for the Huskers okay, to transfer in. And this dude somehow gets around Sean McVay and by osmosis gets a head coaching job with, with a, with elite, with, with a team in the league that won't fire their coach, like the Bengals, when you hire, that's why they, I mean, they leave their guy in place. And I was like, yeah. Holy crap this dude's going to be a coaching for five, 10 years in the league because the Bengals won't pull the trigger. And like Joe Burrow, he can ruin Joe Burrow's career. I mean, the play calling in the first half for the Bengals game against the Niners yesterday was insanity. So like, conservative. Like, oh, so, so like, cons- what, are you, what are you doing? What are you doing? You got a, se- a secondary that's got two guys who are out. You have three of the best wide receivers in the game and you're running the ball on third and five. Like, what the hell are we doing? Like this is this is insane to me. Like I now is that him? Like, do you know that that's him making those play calls? Like, that's the thing. Like, I don't know if that's him making those play calls. And sometimes it's the coordinator, but it's the head coach that's got to take the bullets. Okay, so that's why I don't say like, oh, I mean, you can just say, boy, the play calling was questionable at best. I mean, it really was. San Francisco's better than people think, though. P. Roll like they, they their defense is really impressive to me. Um, yeah, they're going to they, be. Yeah, I know, but they gave up a, a touchdown with what a minute and a half left with Jamar Chase. The NFL. You, knew the, you knew where the ball was going. Yeah, I mean, I teased. Everybody I, gives up a touchdown. I teased in the it last up. minute. It's I mean, I look. It, it was plus two. I gave them eight. So I went once it went to overtime. I was good. So I, I cashed my teaser. I right. was cool with that. So I was I was fine. I, I pulled the Chiefs down to minus four. They annihilated the Raiders, and then I gave the Bengals eight points. So my my teaser hit going to overtime, but. I like the Bengals. I bet them over six and a half wins. It's not that I hate on Zach Taylor. I did hold my notes and bet that because I do like <laughs> Joe Burrow a lot. Right. And I think the three whiteouts are really, really talented. The tight end positions really come on nicely. Their defensive line is better than people think. I like the Bengals more than most people do. It's just Zach Taylor drives me crazy. And <laughs> whether it's a coordinator or him, it the buck stops with you, buddy. I mean, you're the one that got to make that call it, on, on big third down calls. If you're running a draw play with Joe Mixon, it's like, what are you doing? You're going into the teeth of the defense. Where are all the first round picks on the 49ers? They're on their defensive line. Like, what are you doing? You're running into their strength and your offensive line has been a patchwork quilt from the beginning. 
So it's just so are they, bonkers. Are they making the playoffs? Are the Bengals, Bengals making the playoffs? Yeah. Who in that division's making the playoffs? Is it, is it probably a better question? Tell me. I mean, that's they what could, I, they, I mean, I would. I like the Bengals the most. They have the best talent. I think they got a boneheaded head coach. <laughs> the The Ravens have the best head coach and now a banged up quarterback. And I mean, the Browns. I don't know what the hell that was yesterday. I mean, I, I if you want me to go on a rant about minus three, <laughs> I can go on a rant about minus three. I, I had a four and day. I had a sweep sitting right there. I would have been up four units. I would have been uh, happy as a clam. I would have been jumping up or <laughs> off like 3.6, whatever it is. And the damn back door, you allow them just to go down the field and you just don't even care. Like you just stop playing in the second half. Like Kevin Stefanski, what are you doing, man? It's Whoa. torture. It's torture to watch when you when you need the Browns. And it's it's why you bet the NFL when you have the Ravens. You're you're literally watching it. Explain to me though, they're down nine and they go for two. I don't get it. Somebody's giving somebody's giving Harbaugh bad advice on his sideline. Like you well, get the yeah. score to eight every time you can. And then you go for two. So if it means kicking an extra point to get it to eight, you don't down nine, go for two to get it to seven. But the analytical argument, I get into it all the time. The the analytics say that you need to know what you need. So that's why you go for two. You need to know what you need. I disagree. I'm on your side. I agree with you. I want it to be a one score game. Get it to be a one score game. Yeah. But that's what that's what they do. I mean, that, that's just it happened in uh, what game was it? I think on Thursday night it happened on on, on the same thing. Oh, the Vikings. Just, yeah. So it's just, yeah. it's it's the same situation where you're like, well, go for two, because if you go for two, then you know what you need. And I'm okay. like, yeah, kick the extra point, make it eight. I know I need a two point conversion. Why am I getting it now? Now it's a two score game. Now I'm out of it. Like, it's I, it's dumb to me. And and not, there's a big fight going on between analytical Twitter. And there was a quote that came out yesterday from Chris Sims. That everyone's freaking out about or Phil Sims rather. Everyone's freaking out about because Phil Sims is on our side and you know, he's a little bit older than I am. You're a little older than me. I you know I'm, I'm, it's like a 40 plus year old thing where yeah. like, I like analytics, but I also don't like stupid. And I feel like it's stupid right now. What's happening in the NFL when it comes to analytics. I say it about baseball all the time too. Like, not that there's any there's there's a place for it, but it's not the only solution. I mean, I said this in the book for years. We've seen guys with models, we've seen this and that. Okay, all oh, that's well and good, and I want that information. But are you watching the games? Like, tell me again why the Giants plus ten was a good play yesterday, or plus nine and a half, or plus nine, or plus eight and a half, all the way down the ladder with Mike Glennon the quarterback, and that offense is is completely challenged against the Chargers, who. Herbert looks the, like he's the real deal. Like you need a you, you need a young quarterback who's on the way up on a team that's on the way up. It's the Chargers. Like and again, you could tell me about these analytics and guys on the sideline. They're still on the sideline. They're still not even on the staff. They're the ones telling you it's when to go for two. I need to coach the game. I'm kicking the extra point. We're down eight, and now we know. We need to score and get it too. Like you can't tell me we know we don't. We need to know. Forget about that. I mean, it's 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 crazy. How about this? Okay, the Bengals to make the playoffs at Fanduel right now. The no is minus two oh five. The Browns to make the playoffs minus one twenty eight. The yes. Ravens. The the, the yes. no. 
The no is no. minus one twenty eight. Yes. Okay. So because of the Ravens, but now the report is out about Lamar. I don't know if Lamar's going to play. But if Lamar doesn't play, are they better or worse? Because you know the backup, eh, he's getting the job done. Huntley's okay. I mean, he's not horrible, but I, I think right. that was a lot of soft defense that the Browns played. They took their foot off the gas. Yeah, they just let, they just wanted to win the game. They didn't care about how many points they won the game by. I mean, I cared how many points they won the game by, but they did. They didn't. <laughs> a care lot how many of people points. did. <laughs> and that was the one dog that hurt the book. It's so funny. The public yeah. was on Ravens yeah. plus three and a half. Yeah. That was a, that was a yeah. bad outcome of all the with the eleven and two mark. That two. That one dog hurt the books. It didn't help yeah. them. It hurt them with yeah. the favorite loss in that game. And the other game was Atlanta, where nobody bet Atlanta and Carolina was probably one of the least handle uh, games on the board. Yeah. So yeah, it was a long so. day for the books yesterday for sure. Yeah, I, I I teased that 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 was a that was a long teaser leg for me with t- giving the Falcons eight and a half points, uh, and to get them they got the win yeah. outright in, in that game against a really bad team for for the Panthers. Okay, you guys can follow the show Boston at Boston versus the book. VS at Boston versus the book on Twitter is the Twitter account is the handle here for this show. Uh, you can get our Twitter accounts. If you're watching, you guys can see at sports talk, Matt at sports BK consig for Dave and I, all right, let's go to the NBA here and talk about yes. the Steph Curry situation. Steph Curry tonight on the road against the Indiana Pacers. The Warriors have played two games with this big story hanging over their head. The big story is Steph Curry's about to pass Ray Allen for the most three pointers made in NBA history. He needed nine in the first, or sorry, needed uh, 13, or, oh, 13, 13, yeah, 10, 10. 13, yep. only got, only got three, yeah. needed 10 and only got four. Yep. And so now he needs six tonight. Yep. DraftKings has a number. Steph Curry over five and a half threes at minus one fifty five. This this feels like you got to go with the under here, Dave, simply because Curry's stressing right now about this. And it feels like he's pressing. He's been way off these last two games since these stories, since this big story and all the media and the NBA is waiting for what shot over who. When does Curry do the hit the record to pass Ray Allen? No question. Um... I'm a huge Steph fan. I I love the Warriors. I'm not as big a fan as, you know, someone we know now. Um, (laughs) Pretty big fans. It's fun to watch his team play basketball. We talked about it off the air. I really enjoy it. Um, It's fun to make these prop bets when you're betting the over. I think a number like this, five and a half over, okay, we got to lay 155. I'm really not in the business of laying anything really over 130 on these prop bets. Like that's a lot, Um, especially because they play in New York tomorrow, Madison Square Garden. This thing has been weighing it on him. You see he's chucking it up. I mean, it's not for lack of effort. He's chucking it up. He's shooting a lot and he's missing. And you know that the game that he gets it or explodes in, it's going to just come pouring in. He's probably going to make, eight or nine like that game it's going to be crazy but is it right now i wouldn't lay it that that it is i would not um they're three point three and a half point favorites they were two and a half three in philadelphia who i think is a better team than indiana this is the line that screamed to me was like wait a second there's still only three three and a half like Indiana's been playing great lately. They told everybody they were shipping everybody out, and they've done nothing but win games since. So it's a hard game, but the number, again, we talk about this all the time. This is how this even whole idea about doing a show started. Every game, a number tells a story. Every single game. 
And this one tells a lot to me. Like, what am I missing here? Why is this number not four and a half, five? It's three, three and a half. What do you make of East Coast teams on the West Coast and West Coast teams on the East Coast? Namely, Atlanta and Boston, they both go to the West and they get their doors blown off. Yep. Now we now we got the Warriors coming East. And so far, it hasn't been fun. So no. far for the Warriors, they're running through the West. They're 20 and four. They're feeling all good and, and dandy. And these last two games, they have not looked the part they, they have, they, 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 at least it's one game in Philadelphia. And then the game, obviously, well, that was a home game, but they, they didn't look great in, in the game before the road trip. So yeah. now here they are kind of scuffling a little bit. I mean, is that coming back into fruition now where travel and the lag is starting to catch up with teams? I think so, because um, you're starting to see like guys are sitting this, 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 this load management. Well, they're, they're taking the rest. Well, a lot of times on the road. Which kind of stinks for the fans. I mean, that's one of those things. You you know, you got a daughter. I got kids. I got three girls. Like you, you, you make the night to go see. And this is Steph's one trip to Indiana. But he don't play, or you know, somebody don't play that you're going to see. It stinks, but it happens now more often than not. Where a one game or two game, you know, they take a break on a six game roadie. Listen, these roadies have been for years the great equalizer. They're very hard. Used to be, I mean, you looked at a six-game road trip for a team coming from east to west and go, what's the best they do, three and three? I mean, a three and three six-game road trip was a success. Now it's happening back. I mean, the shift of power in the NBA is real. I mean, the the top-heavy best teams are in the east, you know? So the East Coast trips are not easy. I mean, like, you know, you're going to go – what Philly, Indiana, New York, hit Milwaukee on your way back. That's a that's a hard road trip. So I think it has something to it definitely has some merit to it. I think you have to kind of see the games and the back to backs and all that stuff and kind of weigh it out when you jump on a team and when you go against them. Steph doing it tonight. You got six to tie, seven to break. And I don't want to get anybody mad at me. You know these people are listening to the show. <laughs> But I mean, if you're betting over, I'm I'm booking it. I, I think we need to bet under tonight. Take the plus price. He probably hits four or five, right? Like you just get the feeling it's going to fall right there. And then he does it in New York tomorrow on the TNT for the national audience. Uh DraftKings updated. It's now six and a half plus one twenty-five. It is under six and a half, juice to minus one sixty-five. See, this that, is the this is the debate in the room. Does that change your opinion that we've gone at the, ta- the start of the show? The start of the show, it was five and a half minus right. one fifty-five. Yeah. Now it's six and a half. The over is juiced to plus one twenty-five, meaning he has to hit seven, which will break the record tonight in Indiana, or under one sixty or under six and a half made threes. It's juiced higher than the previous over five and a half. It's now minus one sixty-five. It has to be juiced higher because you can't give the the arb guys or you know the the play both sides guys a better price than you gave them on the over. So it was one fifty-five over five and a half. If you try to middle it, it has to be very very expensive. It has to be a losing proposition for those guys. Six is the number clearly, and this is the debate in the book. What do you use the number? You know what I would use if it was me? 
not trying to outthink anybody? Six. If we push, we push. But the people that do the numbers now for these books like DraftKings, the European way is to use everything on a half point and just juice, 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 juice. Let the juice work for you. What does this tell me? Six and a half minus 165. I'm going to go shop somewhere else. I don't want to play that under. Like, <laughs> why would I want to lay 165 on a prop? I mean, even though I think it's going to win, because if it loses, that's almost two setback units. I still think under five and a half, give me that plus money. I will take my shot there. Let me see where we are for FanDuel. DraftKings. So FanDuel has taken the exact same approach, and FanDuel is at six and a half, plus 126 on the over, and minus 162 on the under six and a half made threes for Steph Curry tonight. So same FanDuel and DraftKings are both now. uh, But I I saw that five and a half at the start of the show, and I was like, okay, would you lay minus 155 to go with the over? Clearly, there was a lot of movement that came in here. And at least Jack, I mean, how much action does it take to move a made three prop from five and a half to six and a half? One limit play. Yeah. If it's a dime, if you're taking a dime, it's probably somebody just bet it and like right when we're talking and then, you know, it moves it. The easy, I mean, the, the proper way to do it is just to put the number on six. And if it pushes, it pushes. Like I'd rather have a million dollars in handle on six and push then have $10,000 in handle on bad prices and have a decision. It just doesn't make any sense. I'd rather have more bets. And I think what you're seeing a lot of times, and, and again, I got a lot of people that I know that are still doing it in risk rooms and stuff like that, and it's a debate back and forth. This this one way of doing it, using a half point and juicing everybody out, I think it discourages action. We're trying to encourage action. Put six and a half and just give somebody minus 115, let them go to work on the minus 105 side. Right, 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 right. And then let the decision be made for you. That's a gigantic, not a gigantic decision, but that's the way you book the stuff. I wouldn't book it like this. Interesting. So you didn't answer the question, though. Does does Curry hit 710 or not? Yes or no? No. Under. I, I agree. Going under. All right. Yeah, one NBA back. to get to. Uh, and, and everyone always asks whenever they saw the Bostonian versus the book, is this going to be a show on Boston sports? No, it's not going to be a show on Boston. Sports. No, it's just, where, it's just where I'm from. Okay. It's just, that's the Bostonian part of the Bostonian versus gotcha. the book. Yeah. So Dave's the book on the Bostonian. So that that's the idea here. That's what you did. That's from the radio show days that came over. That's where the whole idea came from. So right. just FYI, I, I'm bringing this game up because of this reason. I can't figure out what's going on with both Milwaukee or Boston here. So I want your take on this, Dave. Milwaukee is 12 and 16 against the spread this year. Boston is 13, 13 and one against the spread this yeah. year. Boston at home is four and six at home against the spread. Milwaukee is eight and seven on the road against the spread. But what is going on? Do these teams just not care about the regular season here? Because Milwaukee is a minus one and a half point road favorite here against the Celtics. So right now, making the Milwaukee lines is is um, not always fun because if Giannis doesn't play, he probably has the biggest impact, single impact of a guy not playing in the NBA, along with maybe LeBron, but not even LeBron so much now. Like there's not one guy that's going to move the number as much as it moves the number for Milwaukee. So you see this thing, they're favored on the road, very, very short number. You got one and a half. Um, Boston coming off talking about road trips, a yeah, terrible bad. West Coast swing. 
it's a hard road trip, you know, but they got beat up in a couple games. In the game they won, they had to go to overtime and, and score a ridiculous amount of points. I think they scored almost 150. It's uh, Portland, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was that was a it was a lot of points scored that game. Yep. This is a classic situation for me after a road trip of four plus games or more. Um, that's not successful. You come home and the inclination is, oh, they're going to bounce back and people bet the home dog. This is an absolute go against for me. I don't even care if Giannis is playing. I mean, if he's playing and I get Giannis in the Bucks and it's less than a bucket, again, sometimes these things seem too easy. Sometimes they are too easy. Milwaukee, got to be the play for me. Yeah, two teams going in two different directions. Milwaukee is one, three of four. Now, they haven't covered three of four. They've only covered once over their last four games, but they've won three of four straight up. Boston, yeah, but what were the lines? The, the so, last four games? Yeah, it was close. So, again, home against yeah. Cleveland, eight and a half. They won by eight. Okay. Uh, at, on the road against Miami, laying six and a half. They lost by nine. Right. Home, uh, on the road against Houston, nine and a half. They won Gigantic by nine. Number, right? They won, yep. they won by nine. So, uh, so th- those are two losses by one point. Yeah, against against the spread, and then they laid six against New York, and they won by fifteen. Right. So when they're laying, you got to be so careful. And, and we'll talk about this all the time throughout the NBA season. The get the number that NBA games fall on the most is seven, because that's where you get the the the, the what I call the dribble out, where teams back mm-hmm. off and it falls seven. So laying more than seven in the NBA, home or away, is treacherous. You got Milwaukee laying. They don't cover when they're laying more than seven. They cover when they're laying less than seven or lose the game against a good Miami team. Okay. You got them at minus one and a half. Go If you go through all of their games this season, see how many times they were laying less than two points. Probably counted on three fingers, I'm going to yeah, guess. Not, I mean, there were a dog against Toronto back in the beginning of bad line. December. Yep. Uh, plus one. They were laying one on the road against Washington back in early November. Mm-hmm. They laid one and a half in October against Indiana. Right. Uh, first game of the year against Brooklyn. They laid one and a half. But yeah, I mean, it's, That's it, it's four very, times. Yeah, yeah, it's very infrequent. Yep. Yeah, I like that, Milwaukee, so. man. Well, no, I mean, Boston, look, Boston has lost four or five. They haven't covered their last three Clippers, Lakers, Phoenix. The Phoenix game was ugly. They yeah. lost by 21 points and they <laughs> look like a team not interested. They beat Portland, as you mentioned, by 28 points was the one game they covered. And then they lost by seven against Utah, catching eight points. So they covered, but they still lost the game. It wasn't a close game against the Utah Jazz. So, I mean, a one in four road trip to the West Coast and Look, this Boston team, they're trying to fight all these internal conversations about Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Do they get along? Can they coexist? New head coach, Brad Stevens up in the in the GM position. It's I don't like what I'm seeing out of my out of my Boston Celtics at all. That they are uh they seem to be a team without an identity and a head coach who doesn't know who he is just yet. So yeah. This is gonna be one of those bad guy plays, though. You know that. Like don't be surprised to see this line flip for all of the reasons you said. This is when they come in and they, they're they the only ones that bet the Celtics. But I tell people that all the time. Bad guys aren't right all the time either. Like they take numbers, you know, for certain reasons. Who knows why? A lot of times you see it in the NFL all the time. A one or one and a half point favorite flips all the time because they just bet the dog on the money line and they'll flip it so they can get plus money on the other side and they just sit back and let the, you know, markets and all the content people try to figure out what's the right side of that game (laughs) sometimes you just got to pick the game i pick milwaukee 
all the content people you mean like 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 us like us. yeah i mean we're content people now i'm a content guy i guess i'm still yeah, a book guy but i'm a content guy now yeah all right so it is time uh, as we get to the last 15 minutes of the show mm-hmm. where we bring into this the, bring into the segment that started this radio show this this internet show this podcast whatever you want to call it from the radio editor book it dave you want to explain the rules Yep. So you came to me and said, how do we do this? We said, bet it or book it. And what do you mean? Well, if you give me a play and I say bet it, that means I like it and we're going in with you. If you give me a play and I either, uh, like the kids say, it's cringeworthy or I back up and I put my hand in my face like, oh, my goodness, I do the face palm. That means I'm going to book it and I'm going to go against it. So it's not personal. I mean, it's never personal. I tell people all the time. The book, Better Relationships, should not be adversarial. It should be kind of we need each other. And it's a race to the number. It's sometimes your opinion against mine. Sometimes you're going to get the better number. Sometimes I'm going to get the better number. But on Tuesday, we meet up, settle up. That's the way it used to be done back in the day. Now you just push a button on a phone. You get a bet. (laughs) When you win, it's in there. When you lose, you've got to make another deposit. It's unbelievable where we're at. That's the rules. Okay. So this first one technically cannot be played, but I just want your take on it. Okay. So I teased the Bears to plus 17 last night. Bears. Bears. Thankfully, Matt Nagy is one of those analytical guys. He kicks a field goal for me. It was 18 and he kicks a field goal. Jeez. I, I I can't be mad at Matt Nagy for doing that. I mean, the the, the philosophy behind it, the theory and, and judgment behind it is idiotic, but I'm not going to be mad about that. I mean, he did me a solid. I needed to get below 17 and lo and behold, he got me below 17. <laughs> yes. He got me. He got me to 15. So I thought the bears were live at plus 11. Uh, I got lucky there by teasing it up. I didn't think it would be as big of a sweat. I thought I was sitting there at halftime going, this is great. We're going to be good. And then boy, the second half things, things went solid, went south, but I got the, I got the field goal. So I'm good. So I'm live here. Rams plus eight and a half tonight on the road against the Cardinals. If you were sitting on such a ticket, would you, am I cashing this? Bettering or betting or booking Rams plus eight and a half tonight. Well, you know the move now. If you're sitting on Rams plus eight and a half, you lay the Cardinals either money line or minus two and a half, and you go for the big score, the big middle, where Arizona wins by three, four, five, six, seven, or eight. And it's steak dinner for everybody. You know, maybe we'll meet out and we'll have steak and wine. <laughs> maybe we can do that. Anyhow, um, I think you're good. I think it's going to be the close game that we all want to see that the, you know, uh, Buccaneers and the Bills game ended up being, that the Bengals and the Rams game ended up being. I don't think it's a blowout. And if it is a Cardinals victory, it stays within that number. The next one you're not going to like, and I'm curious to see, because this is the next one. Rams win this game outright tonight. I'm taking the plus. I'm taking the plus 120. This is their season. This is mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. If they lose this, Sean McVay, 4-0 straight up, 4-0 against the spread on the road at Arizona. He got owned at home in the last game. First he time he's been trucked by this yes. Cardinals team. Everything is going into this game for the LA Rams. All the hype, all the attention. If they lose this game outright tonight, kiss it all goodbye. 
This is a back against the wall game for me. I don't like Matthew Stafford, but I think they make enough plays. I'm taking Rams money line plus 120, betting it or booking it. Oh, man. I'm booking that. <laughs> I'm booking that. You can have it. You, that's, listen, it's fine. They can go win this game. I was on the Rams the first time these two teams played, and took I was it right on the chin. All right. And the Cardinals line came down, down, down. And I was like, wow, what's going on? I'm still not sold, but you're right. Everything is this game mean more to the Rams. I mean, I guess because the drop off is bigger, but the Cardinals are playing for the one seed, which the NFL makes a lot of questionable decisions. But making it only one team getting a bye has kept these teams playing for something later as well. Mm-hmm. Cardinals are playing for the one seed. I'm okay with needing them tonight and Kyler Murray over Matthew Stafford. We will book it. You can have the money line. Uh, I'm taking the Cardinals. I think this is going to be one of those games where it's high scoring. It's back and forth. Yes. I'm just not trusting the Cardinals defense. I think the Cardinals defense is a little bit overrated. A little bit. Not. I'm, I'm not in love with their secondary, and I think they can get run on. And I think as long as, and I know. But can the Rams run the ball? They're going to have to. Sony Michelle needs to run the ball tonight. Okay. They got to commit to it. Even if it's not working, nope, got to no. get, Got to commit to it. Got to run the ball. Can't ask Matthew Stafford to throw the ball 40 times. I think they can run on the Cardinals. I think they can move the football on the ground. And I think they're going to find unique ways of getting the football into their playmakers' hands. It can't just be Cooper Cup. You can't just hope for Cooper Cup to no. have 150, 150 yards receiving. And that's been the game plan for the last couple of weeks. It's felt like with this team. They fall to eight and eight and five, given where the whole entire league is. Even if they make the playoffs, they're going to be in for an incredibly difficult run through yep. some very difficult places. And yep. they know it. So I'm I'm gonna back McVeigh here to keep his ownership of this Cardinals team on the road. Five and zero, Sean McVeigh, he'll get there. Okay. I am hedging just a little bit though. Kyler Murray, anytime touchdown. Look at you at plus one sixty five. Okay. <laughs> I know the anytime touchdown bet as a bookmaker. I'm sure you guys are in love with this because there's a little bit of a lottery feel to it, right? Yes. It's, just a, it's a little bit of a. Hope maybe, you know, a holding penalty on a long call brings it back. But yeah. M- Murray has been running more this year than in than last year. He's healthy this time late in the year and he's scoring. He ran for two touchdowns in the last game against the Chicago Bears on the road against the Rams. He didn't run for a touchdown or did he run for a touchdown? No, he didn't run for a touchdown, but he had a couple of really good runs in the game that set up huge third down run. I think as that pass rush gets going forward up the field, you get Murray loose in the red zone. Kyler Murray, anytime touchdown at plus 165, betting it or booking it. Booking it. You got the quarterback nice. getting the nice. touchdown. No, I'm saying it, it can happen, but the price, if if you're taking 165, uh, I'm checking around. There's some better prices uh, out there, which is, again, we're always trying to search and get the best number, but that's fine. Um if a quarterback's going to do it, it's him. And I think you going that route, if you think the game's going to be high scoring, I think this is a good bet because he is likely to at least have the opportunity to get it. Then, like you said it as the book, you're like, yeah, let him bet all these guys. I mean, like when you look at the list, there's a lot of people on the list for any time touchdown. What's going to be five winners, maybe six? Like if six guys get a six different guys get a touchdown, that's a great night for the book and 
the betters because you have six different options. So um, this would be the night. But again, my inclination is I can't, I can't do it. I just, I, I got to book it. One more that I want to get your take on here. And it goes to, again, the offense here. DeAndre Hopkins had 63 yards receiving the last time these teams played. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Hopkins over 58 and a half yards receiving here. Again, I think it's a high scoring game. I think Hopkins can go after it. People are going to say, wait, this number is pushed down because of the Ramsey factor in the secondary. They're going to go ahead and take him out of the game. Maybe, maybe not. They move him around a lot. They can put him in the slot. They can put him on the outside. They try to get him the football in a variety of different ways. And Hopkins literally can just have one catch and go over 58 yards here for us for this to cash. You're going to better book DeAndre Hopkins over 58 and a half yards receiving. I like what you're doing here. You 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 pick the Rams and you pick the Rams on the money line. You got the teaser plus the eight and a half, and you're betting the Arizona props. So you're actually kind of doing a little bit of a like a book thing where we're kind of balancing a couple things. I like what you're doing. <laughs> I like this one. This one because I like the Cardinals in the game. D Hop better have over 58 and a half receiving yards. If he does not, this isn't going to be a good night for the Cardinals. Now, even then, if they're trailing, he should be able to get this number. Um, Surprised the number's this low, to be perfectly honest. I thought it would be a little bit higher. I don't know what his average is without looking right now. but um, This was last night, by the way, at BetMGM, so I'm fairly confident this thing is gone. Um, My guess is this will close somewhere around 66 or 67. Let's take a quick look right now. Still 58 and a half. I got a couple books pulled up, so... Okay. All right. That's good. That's a good number. Oh, it did um, move. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I thought it would go has it okay. hasn't moved yet. It will move by tonight. These yeah. listen, this prop handle is crazy. The last three hours before kickoff in a book, and we had a limited menu here in Vegas. I mean, it was a lot of prop bets that nobody bets them. Nobody gets up like me and you and thinks about the Andre Hopkins receiving yards. <laughs> but we have that little bit of a, a wire that's, you know, we're wired a little bit differently. Um, it, it, people are like, oh, the pregame show comes on. Oh, they get off of work. They come into the book. They're like, oh, let me see these props. That's when these numbers really start to move. I think you're ahead of it. Let's book it. I mean, let's bet it. D hop, D hop over 58 and a half. I like it. What is the philosophy or the theory behind the Vegas book saying you cannot parlay props? Um, a lot of it's correlated. Um, you see, you saw a lot yesterday on social media. Um, some people had some big, big prop payout hits over the weekend. Um, the prop handle is so minuscule overall in the scheme of things. And Vegas books do not want to give you the, like Jimmy Vaccaro used to say it all the time, you don't get a toothpick to get a forest. I mean, that's what people like to bet. They like to bet a toothpick to win a forest. Um, well, a lot of books have that risk averse mentality. Plus, they just don't have the people to monitor it. If you had someone to just monitor props, I'd let you parlay all you want. Just keep parlaying, 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 parlaying. But just that's fine. You're going to get hit every once in a while. You're right. going to it's going to it's going to happen. And books have taken the approach now since PASPA. Let's put them on the website. Let's post all of the tickets. Let's tell everybody because that's only going to mean more, supposedly. Um, yeah, but Vegas books is just they don't they don't have one, the staff to the software and um, three. It's it's lower amount of handle than anybody really knows. 
So it's good on social media. It plays well for the content. It's not that big of a deal overall. It's a blip on the radar as far as numbers. For now, don't you think that could change? No. Like right, now, right now it is? But don't you think it could grow? Don't you think that the market could become more saturated with players if you enabled it to happen? Because we can't play DFS here. So, what, what, I mean, that's why I can't figure out. Like, we can't do daily fantasy here. So then why not have a bigger, more robust prop, prop menu and or allowing people to parlay them? Let's think about this. We're in a family. I'm in a family of five, right? I'm the only person that is interested in it. You're in a family of three. You're the only people, you're the only person that's interested in it. Nobody cares about fantasy. I say nobody cares. People care. There's money in it. Yeah. But there's people don't bet it. It's it's, a lot of times the business is going to grow because people are going to want to pick the winner of a game. All right. It will grow, but it has a, it has a cap. It it does. I'm just telling you, there's not that as we're in it and we're in a vacuum. People are less just, interested. They I, want to watch the game. Gonna, we're going to fight over this because I disagree with you. I think that there are a lot of people that would want to bet a, a more robust menu because they stare at DraftKings and FanDuel and go, none of these props are available here in Vegas. Nobody is offering this stuff. There are certain books here in town that don't even we put up it. prop bets. They don't even put, don't even put them up. They don't we even bother to put them CG. up. We did it at CG for four years. We put up, we we did DraftKings and FanDuel pre-Papspa, before. Pre-Papspa, okay? Make sure you're talking yeah. about when, when you did it. Yeah. You did it pre-Papspa, okay? Yeah. So that changes things. We're in a different market now. We're in a different world now. People pay attention differently now. Uh, Tourists right. come here. Tourists want to bet props. They they, 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 they want to go. Nobody wanted same. to bet props for four years. We did it yeah, for four years. Yeah, because they didn't years. get it. They didn't see it. They got to, they, 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 they're doing it in their home in, in Indiana. 2014, 2015. There was ads for fantasy every minute of every yeah, but game nobody made the correlation. Yeah, but in, in 2015, because I could knock you on this, because I was doing radio, doing daily fantasy on this. Nobody made the correlation of a prop bet to fantasy being the same thing. No one had that. That connection did not exist. The similarity because DFS was always put in: bet five bucks, win a million, come in here take the prize pool down. No one ever equated that to like building your lineup is the same thing as making prop bets. Nah, that exists now. I didn't exist in 2015. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. All right. All right. Before we get out of here and we'll do this every day. Well, one of the things that I, I think is so fun about what I've learned from Dave and, and, and this is where I've learned a lot from him, from you, obviously, over the years, and, and it's been amazing going to school and learning about bookmaking. But one of the cooler things that I've learned is your positivity. So I want to end the show every day on a positive note, because some days I'm not going to be positive. Some days I'm going to be pissed <laughs> off and mad, and I'm, my, my bets are going to be losing, and I'm going to be a, be a grumpy soul. So I always want to end on an up note. So the best thing about today is what for you, Dave? Well, it could be anything. One... That we're doing the show like we're actually doing the show like I've been hopping around playing the intro for two days straight. My daughters are sick of it and I'm getting texts now. Hey, good luck on the show today. So a lot of people have been positive and, and rooting for me. The best thing also about today is that we went as a family to see America's Got Talent last night down on the strip. Somebody tells you, hey, you know, you want to go see the show. It's it's at 930 on Sunday night. Um, a quick discussion between me and Mrs. Kinsig, Jessica. Uh, yes, we're going to do it. OK, you know, the kids have school. I'm the reasonable one. I'm like, you know, the kids have school. 
tomorrow. She's like, yeah, but we got the tickets and we got to go. And the kids watch the show. We watched the show together. We're going to go. So the best thing about today is that I got a night with them last night and we got to spend time as a family. Again, that's a, a lot about what we're going to talk about. I love the name of this little segment. There's best thing about today. <laughs> I've been finding the best thing about every day since I had the stroke. And literally I was that way before, but now the best thing about today is today. For me, the best thing about today is that we get to find out whether or not the Cardinals are for real. And, and I, I'm I'm super excited to watch this game tonight and kind of get a chance to kind of kick back because this weekend was incredible for a variety of reasons. On Friday night, we had a chance to go. There's this thing called Enchant at the ballpark here in Summerlin in the AAA. Did ballpark. you like it? It was. I thought it was. It's a little pricey for what it is, yeah, yeah. but it's. It's a really cool experience. I mean, it's just, there's just too many people. I don't like crowds per se. Oh, yeah. That's so like, interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, like, taking Madeline to go see Santa Claus and waiting an hour to go do it, not really my thing. No. So, we skipped, we skipped all that. But there was a really cool maze. And you get to walk around all these lights and it's all really lit up and very pretty. It's very festive. You get into the whole feel for Christmas. So, that was a lot of fun on Friday. And then on Saturday, maybe the best night of combat sports of 2021. I mean, we had a fight in Carson, California with Nonito Donaire, incredible knockout for for him. We had an awesome boxing match with Lomachenko coming in, getting how did he ever lose a fight, by the way? Uh, Shoulder injury and being a little bit high on himself. I mean, the Teofimo Lopez fight was he never should have lost that fight, but he only his output was half of what it normally would be. So, you know, when your shoulder banged up, you're not going to throw as much. And so there was some physical injuries there, but I mean, he's amazing. I mean, he's the matrix. His footwork is just absolutely spectacular. It was so, and Richard Comey's a a game fighter. I mean, I had the over eight and a half in that fight and I don't know how the seventh round was allowed to continue because the guy literally couldn't stand up. He was like fumbling (laughs) around and he was baby deer and he was like both times. I couldn't believe it. And they let it go. And literally Lomachenko looked at the corner and said, you should stop this And the corner said fight. And then they went ahead and fought. So Lomachenko won the fight easily. I, I got lucky on an over eight and a half bet. So that was, you know, fortuitous for me. And then, I mean, the fact that Pena was able to submit and really knock out, but submit Amanda Nunez oh. at, at UFC 269 was just. I got goosebumps I mean, you saying it now. That was incredible. Yeah, just an amazing oh. performance. Uh, and it was time. I mean, I think Amanda hit the same thing that Ronda Rousey had hit, where you're just at the top of your game for so long. It's so hard to stay there. You know, the, the old boxing line that it's really hard to get up at 5 a.m. to go running when you're sleeping in silk sheets. It's it's the same kind of thing where it's really hard to stay at two weight classes at the pinnacle when you have your life and she has a child now and just really tough. But Juliana Pena with an amazing performance. And then my gosh, you tweeted about it. A standing gu- guillotine in a, in a amazing what UFC final. Is that? Oh my it's like having this like creature on your back choking oh. you out. I couldn't imagine what it must be like to have oh. Charles, Charles Oliveira, a submission specialist on your back. If you're D- Dustin Poirier and this dude just stands on you, hangs on you and chokes you out is, I mean, my goodness I, gracious. I, I was watching it and, and I've come to appreciate UFC so much because during the pandemic, it was the only thing we were booking. So I had to study it and learn it and learn about the fighters and the numbers and then listen to these things, like what they call it. And I watched that move and I was like, that looked like a Python just kind of positioning itself. And then boom, I got you. 
and you got to tap out. One of the most cool things about UFC is when a guy knows he's done. All he has to do is tap twice, and everybody understands that's it. It's 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 one of the – I don't know if I find it humane in a crazy, sick kind of combat way. Like, it's, it's respect. It's honor. I love it. Um, I hope I see them two fight again. I thought that was pretty good. And I hope I see a rematch in the women's fight. Yes. I want to see yeah. that. That has to happen again, yeah, right? That, that, that's yeah. They'll run that back. Absolutely. I mean, when they'll run it back. Will the line ready. be cut in half? Uh, I mean, she I was 11 yeah. to one. Matt. Yeah. It, it'll be even lower than that. I, I think it could be four to one, five to one. I mean, it'll be low. I mean, Pena has got the game to create the weird thing about that fight. If you go back and watch it, it is the fact that Pena won the fight with a jab. And, and, and this is just, just like a basic, it, it's a basic boxing technique. Basically it's slip and hit. So it's, when they throw your jab, you're slipping and they're throwing yours. And that's all she was doing. She was quicker than oh. Nunes was. And it was crazy to watch because Amanda normally is so strong that when, when Nunes hits somebody, their eyes always blink. And it's like, holy crap, <laughs> I haven't been hit that hard before. What the heck just happened? What hit me? This time, different story. Payne took the took the, the punishment, but also was delivering that jab over and over again. And Amanda knew she was in trouble because she, her punches weren't landing, and she was getting clipped consic, you know, consic, consecutively, okay. consistently getting clipped. And then, I mean, that tap was mercy. You want to talk about mercy? Both hooks weren't in. That it wasn't deep. That was a Conor McGregor type of tap. Like I'm done. You win. I'm good. I'm tapping out. We've we've never seen Amanda Nunes do that no. before. So. That fight will happen again. I think Dustin Poirier might retire. I mean, he's got a lot going on. He's made a lot of money. He's tried for the belt now two different times and lost both fights to Habib yeah. and now to Charles Oliveira. He was the interim title holder for a little while. I I, I don't know. When, whenever you start hearing fighters say, I don't know what comes next, I could I could train again and fight for the belt again. I just don't know if I want to. Right. I think that's when you start to hear the retirement talk, and he, he, he may be on his way out. He's got great things going in Louisiana. He's done amazing things for Lafayette, and I, I just think that's where he really wants to be with his family. So, yeah. That might be it. No, and, and I can't really knock him for that, but by any means, if that he wants to go ahead and do, and, and do that. That was the first ever edition of the Bostonian versus the Ooh. book here, guys. Subscribe, Apple, Spotify, and like 10 other audio platforms. This podcast will come out really in like 20 minutes. You'll get the audio. So you missed any part of the show. YouTube, go search props, props us on YouTube. You guys can catch the show on replay. Dave, one hour goes like in two seconds, but one day done. Amazing. Just like our phone calls. You know, we start talking, we tell the wives, hey, who are you talking to? I'm talking to Matt, I'm talking to Dave. Oh, see you later, an hour later. <laughs> no, we get to do it for everybody. I love it. Very cool. He is Dave Sherapin. I'm Matt Perelt. Back tomorrow, 1 p.m. Eastern for another edition of the Bostonian versus the book brought to you by Props.com. 